Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Let's go. I'm uh, I'm standing this time. I'm gonna dance a little bit, you know. <laughs> standing yes. desk. New little studio going on. New mic. I wish I could say that this was permanent and an upgrade from our usual setup, but it is just temporary today. So um, welcome back. Welcome back to Leafs Light Night. I'm your host Roscoe, joined by Steph, the panelist, and I am uh, somewhere fun right now. So. Um, as some of you may know, most of you may know, I work in the movie biz with Andrew and, uh, we had to do a scene for a Christmas movie that involved a podcast studio. So I brought a bunch of my stuff to help them, um, kind of beef up the, the set, make it look a little more realistic. And then I looked at these mics they brought in and this, this arm and everything. And I've got this really cool backdrop that says nightcap. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to do it here tonight. So I left everything set up and here we are. And I found out this microphone came from Magic 107. So this is an actual, I think it's 107. Magic something. It's from a radio station here. So uh, it's really good quality. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're watching on video, Roscoe is still dancing and flailing his arms. So that is very nice. I think uh, you should always record here <laughs> because it's entertaining for me to watch too. Well, there's that. And I've I always talk about getting a standing desk for my setup at home because i don't like sitting to do this i get very like antsy and kind of bored um i'm sure you yeah. guys can see i like start to drift off a little bit it's not nothing like any it's not that i'm not listening i just get like oh like i spin in my chair a lot i do a lot of this and i'm sure it's so fun to watch um uh, but no i going I really to the own it. rhythm yeah and i got my reverse retro Sorry. on we had a uh we had a jersey yeah. day a couple of people were wearing their their stuff oh and the fan kicked off i love that sounds even better now nice no, I so. just like how you're swaying to your own momentum and how you're talking like, and this, and that, <laughs> and yeah, and go. One, and two, and three, and four. Yeah, man. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, oh. I, I sent it out earlier, but uh, nothing feels better than beating the Jets. Hey, boys? Hey, boys? Oh, so nice. Just like we did on October 22nd, 4-1 win. Damn, I thought this was supposed to be the Vesna, you know, leading season for Hellebuck there, but tonight he did not look very good. Eight eighty-five yeah. on the night. <laughs> I noticed their uh, their Twitter has home of Josh Norrissey and Connor Vesnabuck, and <sighs> I I gotta say it's it's a little clever clever little plan words. Um, Josh Norrissey is probably a a pretty accurate joke to make. I would say he's he's definitely top three for that right now um if not leading the way uh but yeah connor vesnabuck sorry bud but uh <laughs> sub 900 tonight i don't know i don't know man it was rough it, it was yeah, nice to be on the, the uh it was nice to be on the the receiving end of uh you know a shit ton of shots that don't go in <laughs> and don't yeah, look dangerous seriously. and yeah not that they weren't all dangerous fuck sammy made some fantastic saves tonight but uh yeah, shots 38 to 27, 16 to 6 at the end of the first. It was uh it was not an easy fun game for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> 
No, easily the busiest period of Samsonov's Leaf career. Um, what a crazy start to the game. I mean, the Leafs kind of looked sloppy, but they were toe-to-toe. It was super fast-paced. I felt like I was watching ping-pong for the first period there because it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and what about uh, Giordano, was it, who had that save right on the goal line? Was it him or Hall? I think it was Gio, though. I was uh, I was tuning into most of it, but... Yeah, that uh, where Sammy made the save and then it kind of popped out on the, uh, the the post there and everybody's jamming at it. And I think it was Gio who managed to hold the line and kick it out. Yeah, and then there was another point where Justin Hall was in the net playing 1B right beside uh, Samsonov trying to okay, keep so, the puck out of the net. There was so a couple was of Hall. times where... Yeah, yeah no, there was I, a couple of times. Sorry, yeah. No, I definitely thought... <laughs> I, I was like, I definitely saw a replay that was Gio, but I was like, I thought it was Hall last time, but... You know, I was running back and forth to watch, so I missed a couple little things. No um, but, uh, uh, yeah. I just, another notable thing for tonight, just got to throw it out there before we start. Timmins was scratched because now uh, Rasmus Sandin was back in the lineup, uh, recovered from the bug. Yeah, the the I don't I don't get it. I mean, so we got Hall, Ben, Lily, Sandine, Geo, Riley. Do you really put Jordy Ben in over Timmins? Because that's where we're at right now. Is that Jordy Ben has somehow edged him out, even though Timmins has just been fantastic and and was putting up almost a point a game for his first dozen as a Leaf. So why you why do you think the shift over to Jamie Ben? Honestly, um, I'm kind of glad they put him in. Uh, Timmins had his turn the last handful of games, and he, not going to lie, he made a bunch of mistakes that led to goals. And uh, for a tough team like the Winnipeg Jets, and you're also scratching, you know, Simmons, uh, Clifford's not even a, a thought anymore. You, you try and bring in some sort of muscle to the lineup, and I think the Leafs' answer for that tonight was Jordy Ben. Yeah, honestly, uh, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. You're against the team that's going <laughs> to, you know what, here's how I want to put it. So there was a tweet earlier today uh, asking not who your rival team is or like aside from your rival team, what's a team that you just hate playing against, love to beat, whatever it may be. And without yeah. even thinking about who we're playing tonight, I said the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets. And then as soon as I realized, I'm like, oh, nothing better than beating the Jets, eh, boys? And I tagged them in it. Everybody loved that. So. I, oh yeah, my it, instant thought is Boston, man. What do you think? Boston doesn't come to your mind first? No, but it said outside of your team's rival, which I mean, I I know people say it's Tampa now, but I think it's still it's it's got to be Boston as far as the the history and the rivalry goes. Tampa's just like a good team that we run into because of collision course. I think Boston is more the villain of the story to us. But that's why uh, mm-hmm. people here, because like obviously I'm in Ottawa and not everybody's a Leaf fan, but there's lots of hockey fans here on set. So somebody asked, you know, why why Winnipeg? And I'm like, okay. Last year, <laughs> Jason Spencer. How much time do you have? <laughs> game got out of hand. Um, so yeah, I think just since then, it's been a little extra rewarding to beat them. And I think that's, that's how rivalries are born, right? You know, something happens and every yeah. time... Uh, you play them, it comes up again, and I, I think it's good for good for entertainment purposes, right? Definitely, and you know, uh, tonight they had a Toronto boy in their lineup, uh, Cole Perfetti, who um, had fifty or so family members in the crowd, Holy. and this kid. It, 
He has six assists in the last five games, and he's been playing in a top six role and on PP1, in and out of uh, PP1 there. So I was kind of expecting some sort of uh, splash from him or, you know, more physicality. I mean, we're expecting, I don't know, I guess I have that PTSD moment when Dubois was just pounding Matthews and no one was jumping in to help him last season. And then tonight, I don't... really recall anything too crazy happening not many physical moments i mean there were a few but nothing what i was expecting yeah and just real quick do you know where cole perfetti is specifically from i just checked he is from is he from mississauga whitby Whitby, oh Whitby, Whitby. Nice. Cole Perfetti is a Whitby boy, born in brr, 2002, January 1st. So uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So um, uh, things that happened tonight, yeah, there wasn't a ton of uh, back and forth. I didn't see anybody get into any run-ins. Like Pionk was was fairly tame. Um, nobody had more than three hits on the Jets. Which is, you know, and nobody had more than three on the leaves. I think it was pretty, pretty toe to toe. Nobody was pissing anybody off. Um, there was a bit of weirdness with there was that uh, a couple calls that maybe were not great, like where Sandine got um, tripped and then on his way down takes out whoever it was. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, it was Timothy uh, Lo- <laughs> oh, on uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> Yes. So Dubois. Du- Dubois goes, that was in the second period, but yeah, Sandine gets tripped and takes Dubois down on his way down and gets called for it. And that was kind of stupid. And then we had Gio getting his stick stuck in. I think it was also Dubois skate and took him out again. Yes. So Dubois just falling everywhere and managing to pull calls for it. I think if he'd, if he'd gotten one more of those, or if he'd gotten into it with bunting, that would have been it. But he managed to uh, dance with some fairly tame guys on the back end there. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of hits and considering the shot counter, 16 to 6 for Winnipeg, but for the first period, the hits were tied 10 to 10. And you would expect, you know, um, person who has the puck the least are hitting more and vice versa. Who's supposed to be winning this game? I'm thinking of you, Marty. (laughs) But no, it wasn't that case tonight. And even the Leafs having one power play tonight, I was shocked. Right. There was definitely a couple missed calls. Um, and I guess it didn't work our favor. Uh, two stupid penalties. I mean, Lilligren accidentally flipping the puck over the glass in the first period. Yeah. And then in the third period, I believe. Yep. Too much man. Too many buds on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was when. Um, yeah. And here it is. <laughs> Just reading it again. So too many men on uh, Dryden Hunt gets the uh, actual penalty for it. And then. 40 seconds later, uh, Gio goes for tripping Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then that's when we see the goal come in on the uh, the five-on-three from Kyle Connor. It was a nice one, but, I mean, it, the Leafs had a, a couple chances to get that out of there. It's tough on a five-on-three, though. You're, you're obviously smothered. Um, nothing much to say of. For sure. Uh, Leafs, I think, just need to do a better job clearing the zone and helping their goalie out. I mean, Sammy had nothing but nice things to say at the end of the game. But I saw a couple tweets out there, including our friend Mike the Fanatic, who was saying, you know, like too many rebounds, too many missed opportunities to get the puck out of the zone. And that could have cost us. You know, Sammy was on fire tonight. 
Yeah, it seems there's always a pass or they throw it to the neutral zone when, you know, it's not in their control. Like, it, it just seems like a lot of short-sighted, like, this is only going to kill three seconds. This is, you're turning the puck over again. Like, you're not clearing it. So it's yeah. it's been tough to watch. And, and the cross-net passes have been really annoying to watch, too. Because, you know, one yeah. of every four of them gets turned over and then that's a goal, so... Yeah. Pain in the ass. So no goals in the first period. The only thing that I freaking missed before the game that's been on my mind, um, I noticed during the first period was that I forgot to set all of my lineups in fantasy in every oh, single no. league. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And I have Kyle Connor. I had a Flurry that was playing tonight. I had Wheeler, Shifley in some leagues. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So when Kyle Connor scored that power play goal, that was all I was thinking about in the second pe- or the third period at the end. I'm like, oh. It's, it's funny. When he scored, you were the first person I thought of, too. I was like, oh, well, at least it's one of Steph's guys. She'll be happy. And eh, nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, should be, right? <laughs> <laughs> I dropped uh, I dropped bunting um, just because I needed somebody a little more, you know, I needed some more points. I'm getting just shellacked in the ITR league. But, of course, he gets two assists tonight and would have got me a lot of points. Anyway, that's enough of it. Matthews <laughs> taking this game in his own hands. Literally, no the first period was kind of dull. It was high, highly paced. I mean, so much going on, but nothing going in. Eight seconds into the period, Matthews is just like, uh-uh, winning the face-off. Riley to bunting literally makes Shifley look stupid at their blue line. And it's it, it looks too easy, way too easy. Right past Hellebuck, uh, right off the heel of the stick, five hole and in. Yeah, Ooh. man, that was, I just got to say, like, here, you know what? Do the other two goals in the second here, and then I, I want to make a point about uh, about this interesting team here that the Jets have put together. Yeah, so great start to the second period. Less than three minutes later, Matthews literally catches the puck off off Bunting's feed right in front of the net. And this all starts out from the line entering the zone. Bunting, Willie, Maddie going in off the rush. Nylander keeps it alive behind the net. Bunting does what he does best to feed his dog. And Matthews doesn't even hesitate. He just sweeps it back and roofs it. Like, bar down and in. So nasty. Like, oh, my God. And So good. (laughs) So this line just works, right? Like, (laughs) this is so good. It was so good. They made them look dumb. So I know we'll get to the the Marner shorthanded one, but that doesn't really have an effect on this. So what I wanted to say is, um, are you looking at the stats right now of the whole whole game? I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. So, um... There are one, two, three, four, five players on the Winnipeg Jets that were a minus three tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those players are Nikolai Ellers, Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and Josh Morrissey. Uh, rough night from your top guys. I mean, that's very <laughs> Vancouver-esque. Uh, I guess where your your top line is just not playing defense, and I say Vancouver esque, but really the Jets wrote the book on this. Like having forwards yeah. that do not give a shit about playing defense. Uh, this is what happens. You've got your literally all of your best scorers are the worst defensemen you have, and th- that's where your game goes. To. Like minus three from all of them. Blake Wheeler's a minus two. Yeah, that's literally your top five players, and 
they they hung you out to try tonight. Yeah, the Leafs completely embarrassed them. And uh, let's just jump to a question since we're on the topic. Um, Thinkers by Mark at on Twitter asks, "Why does uh, Pierre Luc Dubois have the sniffles post game?" Well, it was because he was embarrassed three or four times, probably. I, obviously, the, the minus doesn't count where, when they're on the power play. But he was on the ice for at least three times when, the, when the, the Leafs scored. And they were such soft plays. I mean, even on the Marner shorthanded or, or opportunity, he just picked it off shifley and didn't let them enter the zone it was way way too easy so they were on for all four goals against because yeah if it was a shorthanded goal then they were on for the power play so (laughs) these guys were on for all four of the leaf school like it's one thing to have your third or fourth line you know get caught off guard or something but when your best players like i'm sorry craig button you cannot say that this is the best canadian team when literally like they had the the question which core four is better there's your answer right there (laughs) one of them can stop a puck and score and the other one can put one in the back of the net on a power play and that's it so yeah best team in canada good job one one power play goal and essentially a minus four from your top five players Congrats. Man, oh, I do have to applaud Kyle Connor for that snipe off the one timer. He is a natural goal scorer, so kudos to him. That's exactly That's why I draft you, bud. Sorry, I don't mean to speak, but I'm looking for Ryan first. Oh, it's okay. He the <laughs> Might be uh, on the ground there. Sorry, I'm still uh, working. No problem. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, where was I? But yeah, honestly, return of the power kill, guys. Mitch Marner, first breakaway, shorthanded of the game, pulls back, doesn't even hesitate. Camp is with him, two on one. Camp is wide open. He's like, nah, I'm going to eye that shot and take it. This is what we want. This is what I've been crying about on this podcast. (laughs) The shot. Just take the shot. No hesitation. Exactly. And, um, and honestly, like when you've got so many holes, like I've just been pointing out for the last five minutes, like when you've realized that this team is not paying attention as soon as the puck is not on their stick, like you, you got to just ride that, especially in the power play. If they're all looking this way and you can steal it, like that's the perfect opportunity for Marner against the team. Like, yeah, he probably, and he had the fuel, right? Um, Sandine wasn't supposed to get that penalty after he was literally knocked down. Everyone, like Keith, looked at the officials and was like, "How do you think he fell?" <laughs> Take the fine, <laughs> like Paul Maurice did. Take the fine. Yes, he took the fine. So everyone was calling for that. Always. Yeah. Always, always. Um, so that third period. Third oh. period. Yeah. Um, like we said. We end up on on a five on three, unfortunately, and and Kyle Connor managed to put this one in. I don't put this one on yeah. Sammy. This was just like we we talked about, unable to clear the zone, and uh, it's a five on three, unfortunate situation. But then Geo with a hundred and seventy five foot empty netter. Thank you for just sealing this off and and really went a pick down, man. Oh, two and a half minutes left. They literally had just pulled the goalie, and Geo managed to put that in. It's such a killer first clearing attempt. Yeah, yes. such a killer. First like clearing attempt. Hellebuck skates to the bench, and it's like, and that's four. It's not even like it went from two to three. Like three to four, just pack it in. You guys are done. 
skate yeah, around first for two goal and a half in two months. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I, and I just realized that was the uh, Geo's second goal this year. Uh, the first one came November 19th versus Buffalo and hasn't scored one since. But honestly, good on him. He had a couple plays tonight that saved the game. Save, well, maybe not the game, but a goal in general. Um, just using his body. It's super reliable. Um, I just want to see how many blocks he had. Three blocks on the night. Not too bad at all. Uh, second leader in shorthanded time behind Justin Hall. So, man, I was hoping to see his name pop up. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen for the All-Star. But, you, you know, those little thoughts in the back of your mind. Just for reference, I have to check how many goals Callie Rosen currently has. Um He's got five goals, eight assists, so he's still outscoring, I think, all of the Leafs defensemen, which is fucking insane. Wow. How is this possible? Wow. I, I I know this is a stupid point to make, like, defensive play aside, because obviously St. Louis is in the shitter this year. But, like, how is it possible that this guy who could not crack the Leafs lineup and was barely a Marley has more goals as a defenseman? <laughs> Ugh. Right? Ugh. Man, I know. And we just have to mention, Marner extends his point streak at home to 20 games. Ew. So he's, yeah, uh, hasn't been done since 0102, I believe, or 2000 and to 2001, the most recent streak at home. But that's crazy. Yeah. Bunting the third star tonight. Yeah, man. That's how much they were looking around to see who should we give this to? Uh, I mean, two assists, but you have to. We can't fail to mention how much he was running his mouth on the bench after Lilligren <laughs> took the puck right in the horn or wherever on top of the on top of the the helmet there. Yeah, that was and Shifley, yeah, running his mouth like why'd you sh- or blow the whistle too early? And literally Riley's giving it to him, Bunting's on the bench, just like, oh my god. I love that. Um little video with the caption out there when you tell leaf fans that they're not the best <laughs> best canadian team in the nhl just bunting <laughs> screaming from the bench and it's like that break and you could see, i don't i didn't listen to it with sound but like can you hear him i was just reading his lips or attempting to couldn't hear it but Amazing. yes definitely could read lips not like uh felino who we heard on a hot mic that was good oh that was too good <laughs> So uh, we have a lot of questions. Today. Yeah, I was going to say we should just jump right into questions. We're pushing the half hour mark already. So let's uh, let's get into those. Um, first up, I know just off the top of my head, 34, 35, man, like this was this was all them. Matthews and Sammy taking this into their hands and running away with it. Samsonov was fantastic tonight, especially after coming in and saving Murray's ass. That was brutal. Um, but thank you. I'm sure Murray will get right back on track, but this is why we got two guys like this. You can flip back and forth. So Sammy yeah. saving the day and Matthew's just putting the team on his back and going. <laughs> so fun guy at South Paul underscore cow asks, who's the best in Canada? Um, I'm going to say <laughs> who's the best the hockey universe of the world. <laughs> Who's the best in Canada? Um, Eugene Levy. Fair. <laughs> is the go question, Leafs go? Is it actually worded that way? Because yeah, who's the best in Canada? It's Eugene Levy. Who's the best team in Canada? I don't know. Fair. The Ottawa Senators. <laughs> mm, I I sense Ottawa bias. 
even though I know you're sarcastic right I'm being now. very sarcastic. One of my friends just showed yeah. me, though, um, her and her um, friend bumped into Stutzla and uh, Brady Kachuk just walking around. Got pictures nice. with them. And they're like, I think I got a picture with the coach. I was like, that's Brady Kachuk. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss that mug, bud. <laughs> yeah. There's not many players from other teams. Like, I mean, like, I'd say in the East, it's easier than the West. But I don't know. There's not many players that you recognize by their, just their face. Like, if they weren't in their uniform, Brady Kachuk is very recognizable. Like, you see me, oh, it's fucking Brady. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you can spot him from a mile away. Yeah. You know he's a Kachuk, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still but, uh, borderline regretting trading Matt Kachuk. Um, I made a pretty bad trade in fantasy. I traded Matt Kachuk for Darnell Nurse and Taylor Hall because I'm a fucking idiot. But I needed a defenseman, and I had too many uh, too many guys going. So, eh, well. Um, yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I literally have too many... Like it's the team that I have Jason Robertson on. I don't need Matt Kachuk. I needed a defenseman that was not useless, like Justin Falk. So, yeah, fair. But anyway, Mike at Mike the Fanatic asks, "Was that Matthew's best two hundred foot performance in quite a while? He was sure a force tonight, as as both at both ends of the rink. I have a feeling he's about to go on an absolute heater for a while now." Matthews, I totally agree. Two goals, two points, plus two, seven shots on goal, two hits, four blocks, three takeaways. Uh, yeah, that is that is a whole 100% completely rounded game. Where on the other end, let's look at Mr. Shifley, who had one assist, <clears throat> minus three, four shots on goal, one hit, zero blocks, one giveaway, and a takeaway. Yeah, um, I'll take... Uh, Austin Matthews for eight years times whatever the fuck he wants. Thanks. <laughs> right. And um, I totally agree, Mike. Um, I think the shot is just going in and he's, he seems a lot more not even confident, but just Ugh. in those right places and whipping the stick at the right moments. And honestly, he's on an eight game point streak, seven goals, four assists during that time. I think he's unstoppable. At this point in the year, last year, he had 25 goals. Now he's at 24. So it's not like he's slowing down. Uh, it's the same pace as last year. He still has um, every right to win the Rocket if he continues this. Well, that's what I was going to say tonight. I was being a little cautious about it. But when he scored those two, I'm like, those were really easy for him to score. I think he's just like... He's going to chase for the rocket now. Like, this is going to be the same thing as last year, where he's going to come out of nowhere. And then in a month and a half, we're going to be like, oh shit, Matthews is second in scoring in the league. When did that happen? <laughs> also, I'm in a, an old closed bar and my jersey just got like stuck to the table for a sec. And I, there's so much gum in here. It's nasty. Oh, and I cannot she, see your video because the internet's too poor. Oh, no. So, um, Sadi was downstairs on, uh, there's, we're in like, there's two bars here, basically. So if anyone is familiar with Ottawa, I am in what used to be Green Room, um, Eve, Life. It's been a bunch of things. We're upstairs of Whiskey Bar. And so Sadi was sleeping on one of the, or lying down on one of the booths in Whiskey Bar. And he looked up at the table and he just shows me this picture from his phone. You cannot see uh. wood. It is just gum. I'm like, how <laughs> the hell? How does someone reach under and find like, nope, there's gum there. Nope, there's gum there. Oh, here's a free space. Like, how does this happen? And also, who is still sticking gum under tables? 
It's like Braille for idiots who just want to stick cum somewhere. That was the (laughs) grossest Braille. I can't even. Oh, that's so. (laughs) I did not need that that thought even in my head. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Disgusting. Um, Mikey, who do you start on in net on Saturday? Um, That kind of ties into Mike's Mike the fanatic and Mikey D. And Alan uh, Pedersen asked the same thing. Do you run oh, right. a few more games with Sam and Yannette? Um, A few more? I don't know. I'd say what? when's our next back-to-back? Or um, here, let me just pull up the, the schedule quick. So we've got Canadians Saturday, Islanders Monday. Um, I say put Murray back in net against the Islanders. Yeah. And then Sammy against the Rangers and then Murray again against the Senators uh, because... Uh, it's the Sens, and you got to put Murray in to kick his old team's ass. Islanders, because their scoring has been subpar, just to kind of get him eased back into it before the Sens game. Let Sammy ride this confidence in an hopefully easy game against uh, the Canadians. And then um, then he's riding high for the Rangers game, you know, just looking long-term here for the next four. I think that's how you play it. So you go Sammy, Murray, Sammy, Murray for the next four. Yeah, the schedule's so weird. Um, the next back-to-back is February 10th and 11th, and it's both Columbus, and it's the only times I think we face them this year. That is so stupid. They actually could not find yeah. another spot. And they have to <laughs> fly? So they play in Columbus, and then both teams have to fly to Toronto to play there the next day? That is so stupid. And it's right after the All-Star break. Yeah, what the hell? Why wouldn't they play one before the All-Star break and one after? That is so stupid. They have nine days off, and then they play two back-to-back games in different cities against the same team. That is some weird scheduling if I've ever seen. So there's Boston on the first, and then Columbus, Columbus, Chicago. So I'm hoping this will help our buds get back into the groove if they partied a little too hardy during all-star break week or went on a vacation and these teams will help them get some dubs there's a five game disparage disparagey despair whatever it is between (laughs) uh between the least amount of games played like the red wings have played 43 and uh there's some that have played i just saw one that was 48 yeah the, the capitals have played 48 games already Oh, interesting. But to the question, honestly, Samsonov's been in 947 in the last four game over across four games, uh, 974 tonight. I think you got to get Ro- Murray in the rotation so he can bounce back as well. I'm for the rotation at this point. Um, but yeah, I agree with Murray starting against Ottawa, though. That's for sure. Yeah, because I mean, you just you gotta you gotta give them the opportunity, right? So I'm just turning my brightness up so I can get a little little bit of a key light going on my face. It's getting a little dark in here. I'm losing some quality. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Next question. Um, oh yeah, Alan Peterson's was the same. Uh, will here? Let's go. Cap underscore connect sixty two. Will Saturday against the Habs be a letdown, or do they go for the jugular? So this is interesting because it's a team that's a rival. It's in the Atlantic. You need the points, but it's also a team that is playing so badly this year, which obviously for the Leafs means they might take a night off. And now we've got Yuri Slavkovsky down. Do they just walk in and say like, look, this, you guys don't even deserve 80% of what we can do. Or do they come in and say, you know, crack the knuckles, hold my beer. We're taking two points and you guys aren't going to know what happened. 
<laughs> what do you think? Um, knowing Montreal and it's always a tough battle. Doesn't it doesn't matter where they lie in the standings. It's always a great hockey game Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. I think it's going to be back and forth, especially with Murray and Nett. Sorry, Murray. Um, high scoring. Well, I, I was saying keeping Leafs Sammy. Win. I was saying keep Sammy and Nett against the Canadians. But if you think it's going to be Murray. Uh, you know, it's tough. Because um, I feel like if you want to get him back on track, the Canadians have the potential to score more goals than the Islanders do. Like, I think the Islanders are an easy team to ease him back in if he's, you know, feeling a little shaken after four goals on eight shots. Or, you know, you just I, let him find his game again and take 35 shots from Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki all night. I think this because it's a divisional rival, you put Sammy in to try and get the two points so you can get ahead in the division because we're kind of behind boston here and well and tampa's catching up and i'd rather yes not that, like i know justin said what does it matter if we get uh home ice but i mean i'd still like to finish above the lightning i mean is that so much to ask yeah no you want to get as many points as possible you want to get into the winning routine we got four points on them but uh, they've still got three games in hand so it's it's still a two they potentially have a two-point lead on the leafs yeah definitely um this question though <laughs> panthers is are so far out though Man, sorry. Oh. Look at the Panthers are a whole ten points behind the Lightning, and they've played four more games. Like once it, it oh my it, god, <laughs> yeah, it's it's Bruins, Leafs, Lightning at thirty six, twenty eight, and twenty nine wins, and then the Panthers are twenty two and twenty, and they're the next team. Like it, it drops off so quick. Like there's this weird yeah. middle of the pack in like, oh my god, the Panthers only have eight more points than the Canadians do. Wow. Like 49, 47, 44, 43, 41. The rest of the, of the Atlantic division is absolutely trash. Like they are worse than everyone outside of like, yeah, a handful of teams. But yeah, holy shit, the Atlantic drops off quick. So I'm not concerned. It's just a matter of jockeying with the lightning for who gets uh, home ice. Yeah. Definitely. And it's going to be interesting to see who stays in and out of the lineup. You know, um, this question has me thinking um, VR 34 at, at or sorry, this other question. I'm going to get to your question, VR. But Ryan at just Ryan 4850818 asks, do we begin a why McMahon shouldn't go back to the Marley's debate? Um, yeah, I mean, he's clearly at the NHL level, like he's an overager, essentially, like as far as the AHL goes, there's no reason for him to be still developing. He's just somebody that that I think got into the game late and they've discovered, you know, it's like it's like finding that underground artist that's been putting their stuff out on their own for a while. It's like they figured it out on their own. They don't need to spend four years in your system being turned into a Toronto Maple Leaf. Like you found somebody who already has it and it's just a matter of giving him an opportunity to use it somewhere. So I think it's been a nice find. Um, this fucking nobody had Bobby McCann's number. If you did, you're a yeah. liar. Um, I, I say, I keep saying McCann, it's McMahon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Uh, I, I think it's kind of his spot to lose. He doesn't even have a picture on NHL.com. <laughs> it's from Wayne, Wainwright, Alberta, 1996, baby, 6'2, 208 pounds. Yeah, I, I think he's been, 
he knows what he's doing out there. Like he doesn't look lost for somebody that's really just jumped into the NHL at a really, you know, late time in their, in their hockey career. So I say you keep giving him the chance. And uh, who do we got scratched tonight? Simmons, Simmons and Timmons. <laughs> um, Simmons and Timmons. Simmer and Timmy. Uh, so Timmy. yeah, I think you've got a nice rotation of guys in that bottom six um, without like the first 25 games were a rotation in, in the terms of like, we don't know who's going to be where um, now it seems like you can rotate like one person out of one spot with another person. And, uh, and that seems to be what, what he's going to be like, if we want to put Holmberg back in uh, you take McMahon out, I think that's kind of the, the switcheroo. And really yeah. this could just be somebody filling the spot until, you know, Matthew Nyes comes in uh, after their season's done for the playoffs. Like, you know what I mean? This could be a placeholder for whoever comes in at the trade deadline, right? Like, they could just be leaving this space, you know, kind of not vacant, but like not stressing about who's playing it because they know they're going to add somebody else in here. Yeah, definitely. Um, just speaking of Holmberg for a sec, um, people kind of panicked because he got sent down to the Marlies. Um, Keith clarified why that happened. It's because the Marlies played last night and Holmberg hasn't skated in four to five days. So they just want him to be caught up to speed, which makes perfect sense. And he did confirm that he will be coming back into the lineup. Um, with McMahon, obviously he's been a pleasant surprise Four shots tonight, which is the second uh, second on the team uh, in shot leader beside Austin Matthews with seven. 12-16 um, on ice. He clearly plays his role. And the thing that's important to me is that he's hungry. He drives the net. He gets pucks to the net. He finishes his hits and checks, right? So I kind of feel like that fantasy manager who's always picking up you know, once or twice a week, a random off the waiver wire who is perfect for your schedule and will work out and will fill that hole. And I feel like Sheldon Keefe has a handful of those that, like you said, Roscoe, he's kind of turning in and out of the lineup and it's working even from a fantasy perspective. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like they're turning players that you would never uh, even take a second look at into guys that are worth picking up. Like, I mean... Michael Bunting, I wouldn't say is a strange one to grab in fantasy, but it's somebody that obviously two years ago nobody would have ever grabbed. And like like I was talking about Timmons, like the guy was putting up almost a point a game. Like that was worth streaming. The one that I'm looking at here, I just pulled up the Marlies for a sec. Um, I have never heard of this. Logan Shaw, is this somebody new that we picked up? He, I think, came from Chicago. Sens. Contract with the Sens. Shaw left as a free agent, was signed oh, to Sens. three three okay, signed as a free agent uh July 13th on my birthday, 2022. And he was named team captain. Oh, nice. So he's the captain of the Marlies. Um he's got oh yes. 45 points in 37 games this year. That's wow. crazy. 15 goals, 30 assists. Um, leading the team in goals right now. Adam got it with 16. And wow. Joe, Logan Shaw's got 15. Joey Anderson's got 14. Alex Steve says 12. Nikki Alphabet, 11. Like, it's exactly who you want to see in the top here. I just, I'm excited for these guys. Um, yeah. And Noel Hoffenmeyer? Hoffenmeyer. He was a pick from the last draft, wasn't he? Um, or pre- no, the one before, while, and he was he's injured? A, he's in 1999. Hmm. 
so he's from a couple okay. years ago which is crazy but, that we're there already but yeah i'm just sorry i haven't looked at the yeah. mollies in a while i forget who they no, who they've got and it's nice to see like who's doing well in that that world right I totally predict that um, if another person goes down and God forbid, like I hope the Leafs don't get injured, but if it comes down to it, the next guy up has to be Adam Gaudet. Honestly, I mean, what else did you bring him in for? Like the rest of the guys would be projects or experiments or uh, development thing, whatever it is. He's somebody that's played at this level, like very like a lot at this level there's no reason to keep him you know there besides money and and just a roster slots right so i think you're absolutely right the next one up has to be him yeah he obviously is proving his point with the marlies uh it was unfortunate he got injured during training camp and then it just didn't work out the leafs are talented okay like he's coming from some pretty low tier teams he's probably not used to this type of competition especially straight out of training camp but hey honestly tonight something that super surprised me was that nick obey kubel played on the first line with alex ovechkin and dylan strome in washington versus arizona so anything could happen what the hell that's stupid um speaking of of multiple names actually as i'm looking at the jets I have never heard of this guy, Axel Janssen Fjallby, who's <laughs> Swedish, and they have a new Finnish guy, um, Saku Mainalainen, or Manalainen, Mainalainen. He's 28, <laughs> and I've never heard of this guy. I, uh, NHL career, oh, he played 18-19, and then this year, so. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I know. Weird, but yeah, just weird. name. I don't know. I feel like every time I look at a team, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? It's hard to keep up these days, man. Everyone else is easy, but anyway. Right. Uh, next, but, uh, next question. Next question. VR34 at Vince Russo5. Why did Leafs only get one power play? Um, because they were playing the Jets and they never like to call fucking penalties in these games for some reason period <laughs> they just like letting it get out of control i don't know run it back at tml fan and van is austin matthews good yeah he's pretty good <laughs> uh, he got voted to the all-star game so I, I guess he's pretty good yeah we should get to the all-star game last after questions but um yeah we'll just zoom through the rest of these here um chris hurley Hurley Sports. Uh, how was 38 over 8 for bunting? That's 4.75 per. I don't hate it. I think you're going to hate it the last couple years, but hopefully the cap is high enough then that 4.75 is like a, you know, a standard for like a third liner. So it's not going to be crazy to try to get rid of. Um, I, uh, man, it's tough because it's, it's giving such a raise to a guy who's, who's, had two good seasons but that's really all it is is it's situational and who he's playing with and you know it's it's zach hyman all over again and i know he's not the same player as zach hyman but it's do we make the gamble on this and how how could we replace zach hyman well here we are and now we're in the exact same spot how can we replace a michael bunting so I, I don't know. I really don't know because I didn't want to get rid of Hyman and here we are. So I feel like I could run the same mentality back and say, I don't want to get rid of Bunting and then we do. But you, 
again, I've said this before, it's a needle in a haystack to find a guy for under a million dollars that can play on the first line with superstars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the years. Uh, he's turning 28, uh, or he's 27 now. He'll be 28 this year. If you give him eight, then he's going to be 36. I know we like to recruit I don't NHL like it. players in their geriatric ge- years, you know, aging out of the NHL. And we're like, okay, come play for your hometown. But for Michael Bunting, it's like, stay with us until you retire and you can play with us until you're old and whatever. But the number, I don't like the number. No, I think we spoke about this before and I was in the three range, like three, 3.5 max. That's I think for long term. I know. And I think the problem is going to be that they can't give him eight years. Like it, he's just, he's not 24, you know, like that's, that's the problem is like you said, he's, he's pushing 28. Now you can't give him eight years because, and I, I know this might seem like an apples to oranges comparison, but look at the situation that the San Jose sharks are in right now, where they gave out a ton of these middle range contracts to guys that were good that they didn't want to get rid of. It's just, it's not, we have to sign this guy. It's, yeah, I like what we've got, but all these guys are pretty good and all worth four to five million dollars. And then you get stuck with a shit ton of guys making four million, and that becomes your whole roster. Now, I know the Leafs are in a very different position, but what that does for the Leafs is you've got the top end of a couple guys making a ton, and then you you have the bottom end of guys making around under a million that we always talk about. It's that middle that the Leafs don't have a ton of wiggle room in. So you really have to be careful about who it is you're going to spend that on. And I think that's going to come from somebody at the trade deadline this year. Like, I think as far as a Michael Bunting goes, like the point of bringing someone in at 900K or whatever is that you made that find and you proved to yourself you can do it. And I think Dubas is going to keep trying to run that same mentality back. It's, you know, I can turn guys into $5 million a year players, but I'm not going to be the one that pays them that. It's it's hopping on a, a stock before it's, you know popular right and everybody's in it and all of a sudden the 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 price is up and now you're not making as much money on it anymore like i i think that's always just going to be how the leafs run this as long as they've got matthews marner Tavares, and uh and nylander it's just going to be a matter of finding who has the potential that people aren't taking the shot on that you can bring in for a million bucks and and slot them in there because really you don't need it's the same conversation that we always come back to you don't need a four and a half million dollar winger to play with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews or William Nylander and Austin Matthews or John Tavares and Mitch Marner like when you are spending 20 million dollars on the other two guys on the line it really not shouldn't matter who it is because it has to be someone that can play with them like Nick Ritchie wasn't but you can still get that from a number of players without spending four and a half mil on them I just feel like you're going to hate this contract down the line and then it's going to be spending something to get rid of it. And this is nothing against Michael Bunting at all. He could be fantastic for the next eight years, but I just, I don't think he's going to be worth 4.75 in, you know, four. He might be, and I could eat this, but I just, I don't think it's going to be a fun contract to try to move. And I feel like uh, you don't know where the team's going to be there. You might not even need a Michael Bunting. Look at all the guys we drafted. Like, are none of them going to be able to slot into the first line and play with Matthews in in two or three years? Like, do you really want to look where we are right now where we can't fit Nick Robertson or or Matthew Nyes or any of these guys into the lineup because it's full? Like, do you really want to 
lock down Michael Bunting for eight more years and have everybody that we drafted between four years ago and and in the next four years just kind of have to wait in line and be traded for assets because we locked down Bunting? Like, I just feel like you're really handcuffing yourself to something unnecessary. Yeah, and I really honestly think that he's going to take a hometown discount to play with his boys. Um, who He's at his peak right now. He's at his prime right now. He's not going to say, nah, I don't want to play with Maddie and, and Willie. Like, we have to pay Matthews and Nylander at the end of this year, Samsonov or some sort of other goaltender. Yeah. Literally, the whole bottom six is not guaranteed. <laughs> so... There's a lot of decisions to be made. This is the year for the push. So, yeah, honestly, it's discount time for him. <laughs> and I think he knows that his situation is unique in who he's playing with. And it's the same thing like Zach Hyman didn't go to play with like two decent forwards. He went to play with two other superstars. Like he he got that identity of I can play with guys that can take over. I can be the support guy to two A superstars. That's not an, yeah. that, that's not everybody that can do that. But I think, like I was saying, there's there's a bigger group of guys that can do that than, you know, potentially slotting in with two guys that need a little more help. So, yeah, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm just talking myself in circles. I'm just glad he turned it around. He's back to his good old self. Uh, none of this October bunting, you know, mid-November yeah. bunting. It's been great and happy to have him now. But uh, one last little comment before our last question heading into the All-Stars. Um, it was Kevin Augustine. Nice that the Leafs gave Curtis a birthday win tonight. Just a shout out. Happy birthday, Curtis in Alberta. Yeah. He yeah. He he actually didn't post a um, pregame video because he has a superstition, right? Like every time the Leafs play on his birthday, they lose. I think the same thing, man. <laughs> but I'm so glad that they won for you. And many people are looking forward to seeing you in Toronto next week. Woo! So uh, I was trying fun. to put cheering, clapping stuff on, but again, my my thing's not working. I'm on data. So uh, but yeah, just what I wanted to close off with on Bunting is I think he and his agent know that his situation is is unique. And if he were to take like a, oh, I'm going to take a one-year deal to try it out and then go somewhere else. Like no one's going to give you that money because it's such a gamble to be the team that takes bunting away from the Leafs. Like, the, you know, yes, Edmonton did it with Hyman and he's been having a great season, but it's a gamble to anybody who signs him because of how little of a track record he has and how unique the situation of playing with superstars is. Like you don't know how that's going to translate to any other team. So I don't think there's going to be a market out there of a ton of teams fighting over Michael Bunting. I could be wrong on that, but I just think that it, it's there's going to be a lot of other names that people go after first, and the Leafs might be in a position to get him for a better deal than people are necessarily thinking right now. Yeah, agreed. Okay, next one. Um, Maddie versus Willie at the All-Star Game. This is from SC Morgan. Uh, do you like the way it turned out, or would you have rather sent Willie Styles to the All-Star Game? Ooh, it's hard, eh? I would have just for the sake of, A, getting him a little more fanfare around the NHL, because I feel like Nylander's been very underrated as far as uh, other markets go, because Matthews, Marner, and Tavares take so much of the spotlight. He, if you're not a Leafs fan, he's not the first person you think of. And just because of the season he's been having, you know, Matthews has his, his NHL 23 cover. He went last year. 
he we don't need him getting hurt again. He just came back from um an injury. <laughs> like I even though it was brief, whatever it was, we don't need him going and tweaking something. Send Nylander for the experience. Why not? It's Miami. You don't want to see this guy. You don't want to see some 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 uh, golf hockey with that flow going out on the beach. <laughs> and him and Marner would have a blast. That laugh, though, right? Will he's laugh and Marner just being a goof out there? I think it would be totally fun to watch. But give Matthews not a break. Lie, it feels weird without Matthews there. You gotta admit, like Matthews has to be there. I don't know. Ovi was never there. That was his choice. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like you could you didn't feel like this isn't an all-star game because Alex Ovechkin isn't here, right? Like I feel like if Marner and Willie are there, the the team is being represented, the fan base is being represented, it's people that they like, you're showcasing these guys. Every it gets best on best, right? Like I think there's a general understanding that Sometimes, you know, look, Crosby's missed them. Stamkos has missed them. Ovi's never goes. Like, there's guys that with injuries have missed these games um, or they've sat them out because of, um, you know, just coming back from an injury. I just, I think with this year, it's really not worth it to send Matthews. (laughs) Like, like I get it. It'd be cool. I have nothing against sending him, but just give Nylander the shot. Why not? Like, let Matthews have a fucking, like, week off. We need him in tip-top shape come playoff time. I don't need him like, you know, he went last year to Florida. He can go to Florida when, wrist. whenever he wants. <laughs> I don't need him to injure his wrist again playing golf hockey or trying to dunk <laughs> dunk uh, alligators. Somebody in a, yeah, I don't know, fucking whatever it is. It's not worth sending him to. It'd be fun. But like I said, he's got his fanfare already. It's in the cover of yeah. shit. Like, just give him a break. And to be fair, a lot of fans around the league are very mad because if you look at all the quote tweets of the announcement, it's literally everyone just being like, this person was robbed. We want to see the count. We want to see the tallies, blah, 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 blah. So, Stop the count. Yeah. <laughs> count every <laughs> vote. <laughs> right? Uh, this also, I'll uh, loop in Michael Aldred here, hockey underscore Rocky 14. Real question. Do you think Matthews deserved to be all-star over Willie too? Uh, do you believe he had more votes because all my Twitter votes was Willie? Yeah. I mean, same deal here. I think it, it's just, um, it's tough to know when they don't say what the results are. Like they can just say, oh yeah, here's the voting. But then the fans voted for a John Scott. So let's just pretend that they didn't and send the person that we want. Like, I feel like this is a little dumb to do this fan vote because you make people feel like they have a say in things. But as soon as they their say doesn't align with what you wanted, you're going to step in and change it. So it's really not a fan vote. It's a fan suggestion. Hmm. Yeah. So are you surprised by any of the other picks? Yeah. Why the hell is Stuart Skinner there? So the soup was hot last year, and this year the stew is on. Stuart Skinner, man. I know there weren't many picks to choose from in this Pacific division, but I was hoping for a Logan Thompson to sneak in there. Yeah, I, I do not understand why Stuart Skinner. Like, they're not in a playoff spot. Their goaltending has been abysmal. Great. He stepped in and saved a sub-900 Jack Campbell. Like, are we sending Eric Schalgren last year to the, the <laughs> – like, 
You know what I mean? Like it, the bar has been yeah. so they're just we need to get Edmonton in the spotlight because they suck this year. We need to just like keep them relevant so that people don't give up on them. And so that, you know, McDavid doesn't get absolutely livid and leave this team. Like, I, I don't get it. He shouldn't be there. He actually has a 914 on the season. I don't give a shit. The team sucks. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The team is garbage and he's the goalie. Like, there are so many. If we're talking an all-star game, it's best on best. If he was best, then they wouldn't be out of the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like, I know it's him and Campbell, but, like, you don't take a yeah. goalie to an all-star game from a team that's not in the playoffs. Like, what the fuck? Jack Campbell has gotten the last one, two, three, four, five, six starts and won five of them. So then why is Stuart Skinner going? This is stupid. Like, what what goalies do they have in the West? <laughs> I'm just looking at this. John Gibson. Fucking Seth Jones should have gotten it. Martin Jones, <laughs> not Seth Jones. Martin Jones. <laughs> Martin yeah, Jones in a Seattle crash. Oh, come on. What the hell? That's Seth Jones. Jones got it. <laughs> They're both Joneses. Okay. So Martin Jones and the Kraken should have got it. A, because the Kraken are 8 2 and 0. Oh. They're two. They're in a playoff spot. And C, I know I went A, 2 and C. Um, he's actually been good this year. Like, reward a guy who's got a track record and has shown that he can do it and is with an expansion team that needs to grow their fan base. Why not give their goalie a shout out for the fact that they just became the first team to sweep a seven game road trip. Like there's so many reasons. Hell yeah. And Logan Thompson, who's having a fantastic first season after winning the starting spot, like four hours before the first game. Like <laughs> I, I don't understand why a team that is okay. They're on a five game winning streak. Great. Before that they were on a losing, like they're, they're six, three and one on a five game winning streak, which means they were losing before they're it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. They're one um, point behind the Kraken and the Kings. That's so funny. And the Kraken have played three less slim games. Slim pickings. Slim yeah. pickings. That's about it. <sighs> yeah, but Markstrom's had a rough year, but... Yeah. yeah. And the rest of the names are superstar names. I mean, Atlantic Division, we have Matthews, Pasternak, Vasilevsky, Pacific, Dreisaitl, Bo Horvat, Stuart Skinner, Metro, you know, Norris winning Fox, Panarin, Panarin, Sorokin. I was kind of surprised with Sorokin, but yeah, at the same time... he's good. The team just can't score, and that's not his fault. Yeah, and then Central, McKinnon, Rantanen, and Hellebuck. That makes Tonight, sense. Tonight, I'm surprised with Hellebuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Hellebuck is still... He, he's consistent normally. For sure. And, and Rantanen has just been fucking... Un the dude shoots like 10 shots on goal a night. It's insane. Like, I don't know how someone can take so many shots. I think he accounts for, like, over 20% of the team's goals. I saw a stat recently. And yeah, I'm he's got like, 30, 31, I think, now. Rantanen is underrated. I think people forget about Rantanen a lot. Hundred percent. I uh, I managed to steal him in a couple fantasy leagues this year. I j people just don't think about him as like a top fifteen player in the league, and really he is. Bo Horvat getting rewarded for his you know breakout season after how long of kind of slumping, I guess. And I Man, think he imagine thirty two goals, thirty four goals. Imagine your breakout season is this, where they're dismantling the entire team, nothing is working, and you're like, but I'm scoring! Great, your trade value just went up. Where do you want to go? 
Oh, man. oh, the poor Vancouver Canucks. So we said we would talk about this. We got a couple minutes. Let's just, what the hell is going on? They said the core is not going to be here next year. This is major surgery. They fucked up Tanner Pearson. Like, dude was supposed to be out four to six weeks. Now we don't know if he's ever going to play hockey again. There's this, uh. oh, then there's this, oh, well, it was mishandled. And then the president goes, what do you mean it was mishandled? And then this investigation starts. And since the summer, before the puck even dropped for game one, it has been a nightmare for the Vancouver Canucks. Starting with the Rachel Dory thing, like it's just, it's been such a nightmare for them. They brought in this new management team, a new president, everything. It feels like it was yesterday that there were jerseys being tossed on the ice and we're in a whole other shitstorm now. Like the beginning of the year was the the Canucks constantly blowing multi-goal goal leads. I don't know how anybody has ever done that as many times as they have this year. And, and still it's like the team's just not getting it. They've... Have you ever heard of this? Everybody in the hockey world knowing who the coach of the Vancouver Canucks is going to be, but Bruce <laughs> Boudreau is still there. <laughs> I have never in my life. They're talking about Rick Tockett filling out the rest of his his assistant coaches and his staff. And Boudreau's like, I guess I'll show up till they tell me not to. Dude, quit. Fuck them. What are you doing? This is the this is the same organization that went to a dude's house to tell him, yeah, you're good. Actually, no, you're fired. Like this organization wow. does not know how to handle hiring and firing. And that has been just crystal clear over the past 12 months with this team. So honestly, it's a top-down thing. The, is, you'd think a new president would solve this, but it's not. He Maybe he just needs more time and to clean house, but it's like everything. They're already trying to figure out what to do with JT Miller's contract that has not even kicked in yet. Guys, what a disaster. What do you even do? What are you talking about? When they say the core is not going to be here, are they talking like Hughes and, and Pedersen, or are we talking like Miller and Horvat? Like, what's the what? What the hell do they do here? You can't move the whole team. No one's taking OEL. Oh, it's not a. It's, I'm I'm almost done my rant. It's not a rebuild, but it's going to take four to five years. It's just a retooling. I'm sorry. What oh my re? God. What is it? <laughs> We're taking it apart and putting it back together, but it's not a rebuild. I, I don't know, man. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's a it's a rehashing, a re um, redistribution, uh, but definitely not a rebuild. Fuck, man. Yeah, they. It's so sad because they have all of the pieces. They on paper, they're such a talented team, and getting Kuzmenko in the off season, and even Ilya Mikheyev, like two speedy. Russian wingers who can score, right? And um, Bo, ha Bo Horvat having an awesome season. Even Elias Pedersen in December, I, I remember he had a five-point night and he was on fire. Then he yeah. randomly dropped off. Uh, Demko's been on IR, which doesn't help, of course. But even when he wasn't, it w like did not look good at all. And Quinn Hughes, he was a fantasy commodity. Like He used Is to be still. a top 10 is he though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got him on. Uh, which which team do I have him on? He's actually had a pretty good year. What the hell is he? Okay, because the last time I checked, um, his Here. stats just dramatically depleted. He's got forty points. Um, okay. La last year, yeah, he's about on the same pace as last year. So he had eight goals and sixty assists last year. Now he's got four goals, thirty six assists. So that's literally the exact same pace as last year. He's last week on fantasy. He was ranked six overall. Last two weeks, he's ranked fourteen. Oh, 
Quinn, Quinn Hughes clearly... is having a fantastic year. Okay, never mind. Clearly, last time I checked up on him was like the end of October or whatever when they were saying how much he hasn't been performing. But... He's a plus six on the season. He's like the only person on the team that's uh, not a negative. It's it's honestly astounding that some of these guys have managed to have decent years, like him and Horvat are. And, and Pedersen, too, has been okay. Kuzmenko. Like, there's some... Some flashes of light there, but as a whole, it's like they the, all the pieces they brought in to help those guys out have just been a disaster. Yeah, I hear they're looking to move the Garland contract as well, when I thought that was an awesome pickup, especially from Arizona, but... It's I don't know what's not working. Like even what's not working is the the, the the team doesn't make sense. Mm. It's it's not the roster is not constructed. Like I'm okay. Travis Dermott isn't saving the day. Okay. Um you're spending <laughs> five million dollars on Connor Garland. Dumb. Five million dollars on Ilya Mikheyev. Okay. Dumb. Five million dollars uh on Bo Horvat. He should be making double that. Um, Besser six and a half. That's tough. Twenty-five-year-old Brock Besser six point six five for the next three years. That's he was uh, supposed to be like a line a uh, a goal scorer. This guy was known to like just sink pucks and okay. So like eh. Brock Besser goal scorer, JT Miller goal scorer, Bo Horvat goal scorer, Ilya Mikheyev apparently a goal scorer. What the hell else <laughs> does this team do? Andre Kuzmenko, goal scorer. That's literally everything on this team. They just go, oh, you score a lot of goals. Here's five million bucks a year. And this is the result. Is you've got yeah. Ek- Ekman Larson makes seven mil. Tyler Myers makes six million dollars. Like uh, that's they have Travis Dermott and Luke Shen, literally just like the remnants of of Leafs past. It's <laughs> and Spencer Martin. You, literally between their two goalies, they're spending a million and a half. Because well, Thatcher, Thatcher Demko's out. Yep. Like, I, and Delia is the other goalie. Wow. They're still paying Braden Holpe $2 million this year. Oh, my God. This is what I mean. Like, this this is a disaster of a franchise. They're still paying Jake for Tannen this year, still paying Braden Holpe this year. They've got Tanner Pearson, who's out forever now, apparently. Demko's injured, and your backups are emergency loan Colin Delia. I don't, this guy's 28 emergency loaned to the team. Delia, sure. And the rest of the team is either making a million bucks or the dangerous, like I said, four to six million dollar range where they cannot afford to bring in anybody to be a superstar to lead this team. They can't afford to re-sign anyone to a superstar contract if they get there. They're Mm -hmm. not going to get anyone to take on these contracts. Like, no one's going to take on Ilya Mikheyev at 4.75 for the next four years. Like, I don't get this. The projected cap space, zero. Projected LTIR used, four. They're already using $5 million in LTIR. This team is a disaster as far as it's managed. And that's honestly, like, the players can't do anything if there's nobody on the team. Like, this roster was constructed like shit. Like, I just listed them out. It's all goal scorers. And then a bunch of defensive defensemen in Quinn Hughes. Like, I'm sorry, but two two defensive defensemen are not going to stop every three on two that comes their way because none of your forwards want to turn around. It's so bad that I wouldn't even be surprised if someone randomly told me, like, Kevin Bieksa is still getting paid from the Vancouver Canucks. 
in some uh, sort of way. I'm pretty sure he's getting paid by the Anaheim Ducks, isn't he? Oh no, that's I don't um know. sorry, that's uh what's his name? Um Kessler's still getting paid by them. Oh yeah. Oh, he's sitting comfy. Yeah. <laughs> he has been sitting comfy. <laughs> when did they stop paying Kevin BXA? Cap friendly. They only stopped paying him. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, no, I was right. He was bought out by the uh, uh, Kevin BX's last team was the Anaheim Ducks. Oh. And I think they bought him out at the end. Yeah, because he played until I don't know if he played until 2018, but he was signed a two year. Eight, yeah, he was making four million a year. <laughs> Wow. Atta boy. Good for him. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Anything uh, before we hop out of here? I do want to go home. It's 1230 and I'm still technically at work. Uh, they did release the all-star game jerseys. Oh! That were... <laughs> They're sick. They are so sick. They got the, the pink and the blue and the white and the black and an orange uh, NHL logo in the middle. Reverse retros. Like... I like that this year is reverse retro year. You know, they released the new yeah. jerseys. So that's like, let's let's lean into it. Hey, speaking of jerseys, there's a lot of alternate jerseys coming out right now. Eh? Is that just me? Yeah. No, uh, we saw the Arizona one that uh, then they had the, the pants too, right? The new the Arizona pants. Yeah, they're, it's called the Desert Night jersey. It's uh, maroon with like a cool topographical like kind of line thing along the bottom. Not like actual mountains like the reverse retro is. It's like a you know, a geometric one. But what I really liked, nice. did you see the the C and the A? No. On like the, for the captain in the, in the alternates. So the captain C is a crescent moon. So it like, oh, it actually cool. looks, looks like a moon over the desert. And the A for the alternates is two cactuses leaning against each other to make an A. Oh my God. Yeah. I missed that. So like the, the lines on the A like curve up like the, uh, the branches of a cactus. It's really cool. They, they definitely put a lot wow. of work into it. Um, I, I like it. I, I'm not a huge fan of um, some of the colors that Arizona has been working in. Like the orange didn't really make sense. Uh, but I like this. It's kind of like a, a off white cream with a maroon. Uh, that seems to be their, their mm -hmm. desert colors. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. And the new um, All-Star jerseys are inspired from the 1994 fan favorite All-Star jersey. So I... The only thing I was hesitant on was the pink. I don't know. I'm just like a pink hater, <laughs> but I do like it. It's different. It's definitely not something you would expect off the bat. And it kind of goes with the rest of the the theme, right? Like some of those jerseys had the same pattern with the, That's I guess, triangle pointing way. down. That's the 1994 one. Yeah. It's actually a star. <laughs> oh. Oh, I can't see your camera if you're showing oh, me something. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just, I get the the Miami Vice vibe. It's the same thing that the uh, the Miami Heat have for their alternates. It's the same colors, the the, the blue, the pink, the black, and white. It's, um, it's, it's part of the vibe down there. I don't know where it all stems from, like what that aesthetic of Miami Vice culture really started in, but um, those colors are just synonymous with nostalgia and and florida and miami so i think it's a good idea um the other the other jersey that i, I heard about is apparently the philadelphia flyers are going to have a a different one next year 
Oh. I hear I it's rainbow. See it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it was leaked. Apparently, the flyers are going to. Let me just check. Flyers, New Jersey. There was something that came out. They're going to be changing it. Um, it's, of course, you type in Flyers Jersey, and it's like impossible to find anything on it now with the Ivan Provorov stuff. But well, all of them are sold out. Provorov jerseys. Uh, people thought they would stick it to people and buy them all from the NHL shop. So oh, that's actually hilarious. Um, but they they said they're changing uh, the the logo. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Um, let me just check because I don't want to misquote this, but there was definitely something that came out that was like, "We're yeah." Here, flyer rumors: new uniforms may come, may be coming for the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four season. Um, blah, 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 LibertyLine dot com. A uh, rumor has been circulating through Twitter that Philadelphia Flyers are going to change their home and away jerseys for the first time in over a decade. Um, been hearing the NHL Flyers will have a new home and away jersey next season, fueled by Philly. This is from some uh, Gabe TM GTA C13 jerseys. I can conf- This is a checkmarked account. I can confirm the Flyers. Uh, the current Flyers logo is here to stay, and the new jerseys will not have the same design as either the reverse retro one or two. So the hmm. logo is going to be the same, um, but they're going to change the the actual main home and away jerseys, not the alternate. So hmm. that, that could be interesting. Yeah. And uh, just to point out, tonight, Montreal wore their baby blue getup. Oh, nice. So they definitely stuck out. And the other night, uh, a team was all in white. So I can't, it's slipping my mind right now. But the majority of the whole uniform was white, and it Isn't that Minnesota? was hard to watch. Oh, I can't remember who it was, and I'm sure everyone listening is screaming right now. But I don't um, like the white on white on white on white ice. Like that's something I can't get behind. Uh, white, white, white on white. Oh, um, the San Jose Sharks have a white one. Kings, um, Colorado Avalanche, um, Bruins. I think they played last night or the night before in them. Anaheim is white. Jets is white. Jerseys is white. Buffalo? Probably. Oh, yes. I think it was Buffalo. Because Buffalo looks like it's very um, uh, unforgiving as far as there's no stripe along the bottom where some of them have like a, a pretty thick stripe along the bottom to break it up between the pants. So if you're going right from that, yeah. Yeah, remember how much they failed with the outdoor game and their jersey was like a PP color or nicotine color and it just looked dirty as hell. <laughs> like you, it didn't even look nice. Can you see my camera right now? Yes. Is it this one? I think so. Yeah. It's very pixelated, but yes. Yes. The Sabres look pretty. Yeah. I think it's white pants and a white shirt. And yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. So next up, uh, Saturday night, we got the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back then. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Leafs Late Night. Thanks, Steph, for hopping on with me. And we'll be back. Check out insidetherink.com for all your pre and post game articles.
socials, merch, and everything else. Yeah. So there you go. That's because I can't get my fucking soundboard to work. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.